Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by Rob, who comes to me from the safety of his own home, from the other end of the of a Zoom meeting, I guess. Rob. Hello. Yeah. How you doing, Jason? You all yeah, right? Yeah, not too bad. I'm Alone. Be, I might not be wearing pants. You don't know. you got no idea. Yeah, well, you haven't seen me stand up yet either. I didn't, I didn't even put deodorant on this morning. It's fantastic. It's great. <laughs> uh, welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Do we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? Yes. Now, this episode of Rewind and Review, uh, we'll look at a film that celebrates its 30th anniversary this year in uh, 2020. This film is one that uh, made people avoid wide open spaces and question the motives of worms all over the world. So keep an eye out on the ground and go find a big rock to stand on as we travel back to the year 1990. We have to go back! Go back, Sam! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine? Ah, yes, 1990, the year of Kevin's. Kevin McAllister was left home alone. Kevin Costner danced with wolves. And Kevin Bacon, well, he flatlined once and then ran away from giant worms. And the latter is, of course, today's rewind of choice, 1990's Tremors. Directed by Ron Underwood and written by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson, Tremors is a monster comedy film that tells the story of Val McKee, played by Kevin Bacon, and Elle Bassett, played by Fred Ward, who are living out their dull lives in the desert town of perfection in Nevada, uh, when a series of mysterious deaths stop them from skipping town. Assisted by seismologist Rhonda, played by Finn Carter, and eccentric survivalist couple Bert and Heather Gummer, played by Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre, the group uncover and run for their lives from a new species of ancient monster. Giant worm-like creatures they end up naming Graboids. Yep. Horror and hilarity ensue as, ensue as the group try to outsmart and survive the Graboids and their tentacled mouths. Jason, had you, had you seen this movie before? Um, do you know what? No. I, no. I, I had seen bits and pieces, so I knew of, I was familiar with this movie. Um, I knew about it. I knew what it was. I knew <laughs> what the monsters looked like. I had just never actually fully watched it, so I can't say definitively that I have watched this movie or any of the sequels, <laughs> the short-lived TV series or anything like that. Nothing. Um, but yeah. he, you know my co-host uh, Luke on that film, Stu, one of his favourite. Mm. Um, he loves it, and I think this was this our recommendation from him to. Yeah, I think it was. I think Luke. Good, good call, Luke. He's good always call. Pressuring nice. us to do episodes. Anyway, what about? So yeah, this was my first viewing. Um, I did watch it a, uh, like a week or so ago, so it's not it's not super fresh in my mind. But bear in mind, <laughs> one viewing a week or so ago. I've nice, forgotten most nice. of it. I'm very tired right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're all tired. Um, so I, uh, I'd seen this movie. Oh, I've seen it heaps of times, but I saw it. I saw it out of sequence. I actually saw number two first. But this is so when number two came out, and then I went back and watched the first, and then watched this one because I actually. I really like both both of them for di- for different reasons. We'll talk about that later. But so I've seen this movie probably about ten times, I reckon. But I hadn't. I have to admit, I hadn't seen it for a good de- decade or so since, maybe even longer to be honest. Maybe about fifteen years, I think. So since, you've only seen the yeah. two, the first two, then? Uh yeah, that's it. Oh no, no, sorry, I have seen number three as well. So, but um, but I haven't seen the rest of the suite that we'll talk about in in a second. But so I've <laughs> I've seen it, seen this, and this was so when it came out. Um, I think I actually watched it around about. Oh, so I think it would have been like just after Jurassic Park came out as well, and then then I got into Tremors. I think it was, and then kind of you know like ancient big giant creatures kind of took my my imagination. So do you like the monsters? Yeah. Do you like people? I did energy? like the monsters. Let's talk. Let's talk about this movie. So, what have we got? What's its legacy, Jace? Take it. Uh, take it away. Well, let's break down its budget. Uh, box. No, sorry, but yeah, Huge. budget eleven yep. million. Right. Very, very small. Yeah. Very small. Uh, especially yeah. Even See, for nineteen ninety dollars, uh, eleven million yeah, is yeah. all right. With a box office return of sixteen million, 
So you put in marketing costs, well, you know, depending on how much they spent, maybe this was profitable. Hard to really tell. Um, but it yeah. did okay. Um, debuted at number five at the box office, which doesn't sound great. Uh, didn't look into what <laughs> was competing against it, so that's all right. Um, but all yeah. Tremors was not a big hit during its theatrical run. The film became a runaway smash in the home video market and ultimately tripled yeah. original box office gross with VH sales and rentals. Absolutely. And that I was, I was an audience member of that medium. So I didn't see it in cinemas, obviously. I didn't see the second one in cinemas either. I was too young for any of that. But we it was definitely a repeat booking or, um, or hire from Civic Video in Bustleton. Oh, good old so, Civic. Good old Civic. Um, so critical response. So it's actually hailed by critics for basically its diversity of its cast, but also its humour. There's plenty of commentary about the chemistry between um, Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon. I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 88%. So that's actually not too bad. That's based on 42 reviews. It's an average of 7.25 out of 10. Pretty positive. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Metacritic, we got 65 out of 100 um, as well. So some of the... Some of the, what was it? I think some of the critics were saying, you know, it's affectionate throwback to 1950s creature features. Um, and Mr. Ebert himself, Roger Ebert, gave it a 3.5 out of 4. That man is saying, hard to please. He is hard it, to please. He is, is indeed. And we, we, it is, his word is gospel. And his word was, Tremors is one of the few monster movies that truly understands how to reel us in and keep us invested. So that's some pretty high praise by the man himself. But on the, on the other side, were, not everybody was happy. So a negative New York Times uh, review were, said something along the lines of it was clearly more fun to make than it, uh, than it is for us to watch, which is pretty <laughs> pretty harsh, but okay. <laughs> we thought. Um, this movie didn't actually receive any awards um, of any nature, so no special effects, <laughs> no acting awards, no sound yeah. editing, nothing like that. But, uh, but a little bit of early tidbit here. Um, Elizabeth Olsen who we know as what's Scarlet Witch. Scarlet uh, Witch. From, uh, the yeah. Marvel. Uh, this was one of her favourite, or was her favourite movie growing up. Mm. But that's pretty something to that's, say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if, if, it's good, if it's good enough for Elizabeth Olsen, it's good enough for all of us, isn't it? That's really. it. So, now, Elizabeth Olsen wasn't the only person who enjoyed this movie because it, it tripled its sales, like, or its box office, whatever, with, with home sales. But... It has also spawned a huge franchise, so people are watching this stuff. Luke included, myself included, for some, some, some of them anyway. But so there are six sequels or prequels in 1996. Uh, Tremors two, colon aftershocks that came about, and that's the other one I, I've watched. I watched. That's the one I watched first. That's actually a really good movie. I recommend you checking it out. Um, that introduced a new. Yeah, I've read into yeah. them a little bit. And, and sorry, you're about to say that they, yeah, they introduced the yeah. Shriekers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is basically, I mean, I think I think we, we might talk a little bit about the life cycle of the Graboid a bit later. But yeah, it's a an element of, if you think of the, the Graboid as a just giant insects, it's just an element of their life cycle, the Shriekers. Then Tremors 3 came out in 2001, um, colon, Tremors Trem- Trem- 3, colon, back to perfection. And that introduced a new version of the bad monster, which was they're called Ass Blasters. I love if that. You haven't name. seen that. Love that. And you and you and you. So you can clarify. You haven't seen any of these, have no, you? Literally, okay. I am. Right. I've not been exposed to the Ass Blaster. Ass Blasters. So basically, <laughs> you know, you've got Tremors One. You've got worms under the ground. Tremors Two. You've got Shriekers, and they're like little things that come out of the worms, and they run around on the ground. But they they're blind. Um, they're deaf, but they can see infrared, whereas graboids are blind, but they can the opposite, hear. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ars Blasters is a new version of that, and they basically sh- fart and fly, basically. <laughs> so it gets a little bit more ridiculous. But anyway. i got to get um, these tremors in my life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Purely. Um, and, then, and then there's – so that's, that's all I've seen. And then you've got number four, five – Six and seven. So four, Legend Begins is a prequel. Number five, Bloodlines, which is was basically a reboot in 2015. Um, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Uh, it's, it's Tremors, but basically in a cold environment, 2018. And Tremors, Island Fury, 
is going to be released later this year, apparently. So I don't know what that's going to be sure. like. But most of these, so, since the second one, they've all been um, home release, haven't they? Yes, they have. Yeah. yeah so I'd say so, with everything going on, I, we could still get Island Fury this year, I guess. I don't see why there should be a delay if it's all finished and, and done. Yeah, if the production's wrapped, there's no reason why we wouldn't. I don't know what, um, if it's a home release, I don't know what studio's releasing these. So I don't know what platform we'd see it on. I wonder if it was on Netflix. See the whole Tremors suite from Netflix. That'd be fun. So, Has there, is it? Is, are they all on Netflix? Or? No, I haven't seen oh. them. So. I haven't actively been looking for them, but anyway. They're hard to find on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff as well. Like, um, I think you can get some of the newer ones, so like like five and six, and then you can get the first one, which I think is like special edition release and all that. Yeah. Pretty cheap. JB Hi-Fi had um, number one um, Blu-ray mm-hmm. in there, but yeah, I didn't, didn't see the rest of the, season, the series in there. Um, Sure, you could probably purchase them online or something. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so there was it wasn't just movies. There was a spin-off TV series that aired in two thousand and three. One season had thirteen episodes. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Didn't watch it. Yeah, we neither. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, two thousand three, relatively. I mean, that was around the same time as Buffy, and that I guess isn't it? Wasn't it? Something like that. No, it was around the same time as Lost, wasn't it? A year before Lost started, yeah. A year before Lost, yeah. Maybe that's why just, it didn't survive. It was just like... Yeah, well, well they, too, they, too, much, too much more amazing TV shows out there. That was on the... I believe that was on the Sci-Fi channel, though, and they're pretty... They're known yeah. for just cancelling things pretty, um, <laughs> pretty left, right and centre. Um, they did try again, though, Sci-Fi channel, to do a another TV series, which they did yeah. in 16, I believe. Um, yeah, they did actually. Like Kevin Bacon was was back. They actually filmed the mm. pilot, and then after that, for whatever reason, they decided not to pursue. I don't know if not it came to do it. Costs or um, I don't now, know. I tell you, tell you what. When I heard the news that they were going to do a, a reboot in 2016, and they had Kevin Bacon back on, I was very excited. I think I you was can, very, I think very you can excited. watch the pilot if you want to. If you're interested, can you? I think it's online. Oh. It's floating around. Um, oh, I'll have a hunt around. I, to be, I have to be honest, I never looked for it because as soon as I heard it was cancelled, I was like, okay, well, that's it. See you later. Yeah. Bye-bye. But oh, I might go have, have a cheeky look. Um, outside of TV and video, um, yeah, movies, um, there's also some video games. So Tremors is featured in Dirt Dragons in 2004, which is a web browser game. Um, there was a, a game called Tremors. So T R E M E R Z in two thousand and eight, which was an eight bit video game, um, and then the uni- Universal Movie Tycoon on the iOS platform um, in two thousand twelve featured uh, Tremors as a like a playable element to to it. But there was also some cancelled video games. So in two thousand two, Tremors colon the game was cancelled, um, and there's an, another TV series um, based on Tremors two aftershocks that was also. Um, cancelled as well so there's a whole bunch of stuff that was planned that never actually came through but if you think about it you know just such a simple little movie it's a huge legacy it's giant it's like the the franchise is actually pretty expansive like you know it's not it's uh it's not crazy merchandise money making kind of uh you know franchise material but they've got i mean there's seven Mm. there's seven movies is that right seven movies one TV series, a couple of video games, like it's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. There's probably and, and, and stuff it, out there as well that I, I'd probably, oh, probably, probably. <laughs> probably I'd, let's I'd be even, real. I'd take an, uh, an animated series, like the adventures of no, just fighting graboids in different environments and going up against different <laughs> monsters. Like there's potential. Mm. <laughs> there's potential. I think so. I think, I think the legacy kind of just points to, the fact that so they yeah they're not making a whole a bunch of money but there seems to be people just interested in the fun element to this you know it's just a fun concept and people just yeah just keep on engaging the fact that there's a renewed interest to keep um, you know creating TV shows and things even though they get cancelled that it means that somebody out there in Hollywood or somewhere is still has got this yeah. on their radar and they're still going to push it so fingers well, crossed for a um, a rebooted modern TV show or it's something. It's been pretty consistent since 1990s. Well, I mean, the biggest gap, obviously, being from number four and five, uh, 2004 yeah. to 2015, uh, like 11 years. Is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 11 years. Yeah. Like you said, it was yeah. like a like a relaunch of the series in a way, like, which is which happens. Um, but yeah, it mm. sounds like 
whoever's making these movies, they're just having fun doing it. And that's, yeah, that's nice. I like that. You know, it's Good not about them. the money. For once, movies are being made. It's not about the money. It's just, hey, this is fun. Let's just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into some nuts and bolts of it all. Let's talk about the characters, I reckon. Um, which, you know, is no surprise because that's what we always do first up. But anyway, um, <laughs> so main, char- main characters, Valentine. Well, his name is Valentine, but I see, I thought he was credited as Val, but I don't know, Val McKee, Valentine McKee. It's played by Kevin Bacon. What do you reckon about Kevin Bacon in this movie, Jason? Well, well, with both, with both Valentine and Earl. So Kevin Bacon yeah. and... I mean, you can bundle them together, can't you? They're and the other like guy, Fred Ward. Act, aren't they? <laughs> Fred, Fred Ward. Ward. Fr- Fred Ward, yeah. I mean, they are our dynamic duo uh, in this movie. They're, I mean, they are. They're a bunch of their country guys. Um, yeah, they are. I don't want to go as far as saying rednecks, but I mean they pretty much are. Uh, but they're they're friendly I think, guys. I think they're I think they're purposefully redneck. Um, Do you reckon they're putting you know, it on? Like their characters are putting it on. Oh like. yeah, hi. I mean they're in a t- they're in a town of like you know fourteen odd people. You know what I mean? Like they are these two drop kicks are just responsible for doing every meaning like this little task labor task in the town including yeah. driving it the the, the, the the bulldozer to to the rubbish tip and that kind of stuff like they do like fence posts to burying rubbish it seems it's like to septic tank pumping like yeah. they're just yeah with, with this town, basic country bumpkin people this and, is a, yeah this is a very small town and in a way this is a very small movie as well the cast list is very is very small. I'm pretty sure we meet every single person um, in this town. There's, like you said, about 12, 14 or, or something of them. There's, yeah, there's um, 14 of them. There's actually two you don't meet, but I'll talk about that later. Like you so. said, they, like they're doing odd jobs. They seem very pivotal to the to the town of mm. perfection and the and the town folk. Um, and mm. they the whole first like 20, 25 minutes of the movie is these two characters being like, "Let's get out of this town. We yeah. need." A, yeah. Um, mm. All this, all this mm. stuff that's going on, the, all this graboid stuff, um, is keeping them. So they're literally driving, and then mm. for some reason something stops, and they have to get out, look at something, investigate it, and go, "What's going on?" Get back in yeah. the truck, drive back to town, rinse, repeat a few times, just as they uncover. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, because it's because they basically what they're pumping out one of the septic tanks and it bursts, and they're like, "No, nah, we're out of here," kind of thing. They pack the truck, and then the first thing they do is they they see. Farmer Edgar, I think, is it Edgar? Is in the yeah, up in the pole. tower or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He died, died of dehydration, which obviously you don't know at the time, but it means he was running away from one of the big worm things. Um, and then it's the farmer with the sheep, and they find it, his head. And then it's the road workers, and then after that, it's pretty much they're stuck in town. So, but all they want to do is get the hell out of perfection, but they can't. I like the chemistry between them as well. They're kind of a very like. I'm not sure if it's like father, son, or just like older brother kind of vibes going on. Because, like, yeah, because Earl's older, obviously. You know, Kevin Bacon is a very young Kevin Bacon yeah. in this movie. I think, I think uh, maybe that's how we're looking at it. It's like, oh, Kevin Bacon seems very young to us just because mm. he's younger than what we're used to. Um, and that's what was he in, like Flashdance mm. or something, unless you've watched, was it Flashdance? I don't know. And one of those dancing. I, I'm, not, I'm not a Bacon connoisseur when it comes to <laughs> films. Only in the kitchen. <laughs> Only in the kitchen. Um, Only in the pink time. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think, I think because we are looking at him and we're like, oh, he's so young, um, we look mm. at Fred Ward and go, oh, he, he seems a lot older. But I think they're around, they could, I think, just mates and like just, yeah, they seem about yeah, the same age range. And Yeah, well, kind of. But also, no, no, I, do, I disagree in a little bit because, so Kevin Bacon like, has yeah, got his, little, I look his really five, five rule... Yeah, I'm really old. I don't know how. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. <laughs> I can very much see it. I'm looking at myself on the camera. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Um, but so Kevin Kevin Bacon's got his little five five rule thing for women, whatever. Yeah. They've got to meet those five criteria. And then Earl turns around and says, "Oh, you'll you, you know you'll just learn to get over that kind of thing." Then as Ke- um, Kevin Bacon's like relationship evolves with Rhonda. So Valentine's relationship involves with Rhonda. You see all these little approving looks from Earl as if it's like he's like proud of him for actually taking an interest in a, in a girl who doesn't meet this ridiculously high expectation, just an, an average person. Yeah, she's actually the opposite. And that's where the father, yeah, and that's like the father-son thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
but you see that and you kind of look at him and he's like, yeah, Earl's like kind of look at it and going, yep, I told you, I told you. Maybe, so maybe I kind of feel right like there's you. a brotherly, like... I think the brotherly kind something. of thing works yeah. a bit better. It's sort of like, because it's like, yeah, you know, like the, the mentoring element to it where they can bounce off yeah. each other. And there's that sort yeah, of the mentoring. Yeah. So just a little bit so much, brother. I like it. So much better at articulating it than me. <laughs> um, so what, what, what have we got? Some interesting trivia about uh, Valentine. So well, Kevin Bacon. So before the film's release, um, he actually uh, thought that he'd reached a career low um, and he broke down his front in front of his wife in the middle of the street. Um, and he basically was saying, you know, um, it's, it's all gone downhill. I'm making a film about giant worms, uh, you know. Um, but then he changed his tone later um, by saying it was the single most fun he's ever had making a film so very polarized you know take from kevin bacon i guess i guess i guess before the film was released and then before he realized how popular it would be especially you know after the box office elements um yeah it turned i guess it turned into a positive for him so yeah good on you kevin bacon <laughs> that's um, it so never i i think anything that the history of film has proved anything you can make a good movie um from any sort of premise whether it's yes. like Lego or some guy trapped oh, look in a how box popular buddy Legos are. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Some guy trapped about, in a box, some guy buried alive. Yeah, <laughs> some guy bro. some guy driving a car for half to for two hours. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um as long as the movie is good, fun, entertaining, you got some good characters. Absolutely. Other major character, I guess, is Rhonda. I mean there's heaps of supporting characters, but I guess Rhonda is the other is a third lead, female lead, I guess, if you Carter. Yeah, Finn Carter. I don't know who she is. Um, I've never heard of her before this, really. I don't think she's appeared in much. And I don't think I've seen her in anything else later. I'm yeah. sure she's done things. I'm sure if we looked her up, we'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, I can. But um, we haven't done Yeah, that. good on you, Finn. Good <laughs> on you, Finn. I, 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 liked her, I liked her character, but, I mean, it is... We harp on about it all the time in our, our reviews, but if you're looking at it through the lens of a 1990 it's quite fine if you're looking at it through now it's like she's a pretty dumbed down character but yeah still fine I think she's she's, she's out and about not doing her own thing i know yeah, well, as a size smart, smart intelligent person yeah. yeah i figure she is a quite a, I mean, probably i mean probably the the smartest person in, in this movie yeah because she's not from that town and i <laughs> i i i wholeheartedly agree but um i actually I liked um, the portrayal of Rhonda. I thought she was more engaging character than she probably needed to be. Like, mm. so in 1990, they didn't have to go to the you know the levels to give her you know a bit more of that fleshed out character. But is her just being a goofball, really? Like, you know, she has the the sunscreen mm. on her face and she doesn't realise. Yeah, it's ah, like yeah. embarrassing. Um, you know yeah. they don't they don't sexualize her really. I mean, you do have a there is a shot like a scene where she has to take her pants off uh, purely for survival. Yeah, because yeah, um, yeah, because she's got the barbed wire wrapped around her the legs. Yeah, yeah. and she's getting pulled pulled but into the big know, graboid. So she's not taking pants off. <laughs> she's not wearing flancy like sexy underwear or anything. She's just wearing no. just wearing underwear, and you know she gets pants on again, and that's about it. Like that's the closest you get to her being, you know. Hey, sexy lady. Well, I think it's in a similar vein to like Sigourney Weaver in Aliens 1 and Alien and Aliens. Mm. Like you see her wearing her underwear both times, but it's just completely, it's part of the scene and it's just what's happened. And they don't, they actively do not try to overly sexualize somebody. And I think that's what they've done with this one, which is great. Whereas other movies based around this time, Maybe you're not as thoughtful, but anyway. So I bet, but the character, the character herself, I thought, yeah, she's like you said, goofy, probably the smartest person in town. Or actually, not probably, definitely the smartest person in town. And I think, yeah, she, she just has, she doesn't seem like a damsel in distress, like for the most part. She's just kind of along for the ride. I, I got about so, halfway through the movie and I was like, oh, I like this character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, there's the pole vaulting. The pole vaulting oh, scene is very funny. I it, was, like it. it was her so, idea, right, to do the pole vaulting? It was her idea, yeah. So, yeah, when, they, when like, they're trapped on the rocks because the worms can't go through the rocks and they just conveniently happen to have very long poles that happen to be laying right next to a giant rock. That was a weird um, scene, I've got to be honest. Very weird. It is, it is weird. And they've got like it. accordion playing in the background and it's, it's kind of amusing as they're <laughs> jumping from rocks to rocks to rocks. Yeah, anyway. Um, let's move on to some of the supporting characters. Um, I guess the main ones, Bert and Heather, um, they're... Doomsday Preppers, they've got yeah. all of these. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy way of putting it. Um, I mean, they have a bunker yeah, I, basement with 
guns and supplies. Oh, not just guns. They've got a wall of guns. Uh, <laughs> and that scene, the scene, so there's a scene where the, the scene where the graboid busts through the basement and stick it, it's like head sticking out of the wall and they just, just shooting it with everything. They just keep on taking guns off the wall, shooting it. And then they decide to, um, to get the big elephant gun and do that. And that does the trick pretty well. Mm. But it is kind of, it's kind of amusing. Out of all these like main town folk, there's not many of them um, do meet their demise from the Graboids. It's a lot of um, other characters that you just meet very briefly. These two characters, yeah. I thought every scene they were in, I was like, oh, they're gone. I was like, they're, they're gone. I was like, one of them's going to be taken out in the basement. And then later on when they're on the roof yeah. and, you know, like Kevin Bates yeah. is like, get in the, you know, get in the, the, the truck thing, whatever it is. I was like, just get it. You know, they're yeah. piss farting around. I was like, what are they yeah. doing? Yeah. How so many times I was like, they're dead. Right. And for some reason, they, they, they make it. They didn't. They, pers- they persevere. Now, interesting tidbit. <laughs> through it. For, for all of the movies, Bert, so um, Michael Gross, 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 something like that, um, he, he's the only character that has appeared in all of them. Um, right. He just appears. Yeah. So, oh, so, even, he, so he's even briefly just as like one little, like, here I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't I can't speak to the later the later ones on what kind of role he has. Like it's up to number three. I know that he has prominent roles in all three, and then after that, he's in them. But I don't know what capacity. Right. Okay. Um, but he's just kind of he's kind of made a career out of it. Interestingly, there was a thirtieth reunion. <clears throat> excuse me, thirtieth re- reunion recently um, from the original this original film, that, and he was the only one to have turned up from the original cast, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think, yeah, this is really, I don't know about that. But um, anyway, um, but some little quirky, little interesting bit, tidbits about Bert and Heather. Um, in the Italian version of the movie, uh, instead of Bert Gummer being um, credited as Michael Gross, he's credited as actress Reba McIntyre, who, who is Heather. Um, oh. I don't know what... I don't know what Heather's credited as. I imagine they'll yeah, probably so, flip, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It must um, be. Oh, it must be. Intra- and about Heather, this was actually her first acting role. So oh, she's right. a, she was a musician. She's a country musician. Um, okay. I remember her from that, that. From that, it was like a sitcom or something, um, Reba. I don't know. That's yeah, I guess. Like, oh, no, cool. I, I, don't, I, I don't know nothing about that. About. I think she was like a mum. You know, it was like a family setting. Kind of thing. Yeah, right. Nothing. Right. Well, inter- yeah, I've got no idea. I didn't, that is not on my radar. Um, interestingly, so um, Brent Maddock, who is one of the writers, or screenplay writers, he imagined Chuck Norris and Linda Hamilton to play those <laughs> this couple. So I guess he kind of missed the mark on that one a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, Michael Gross is kind of not at all like Chuck Norris. And Linda Hamilton, I think, is probably not like Reba McIntyre. But that's fine. That's fine. But, um, and also a little t- tidbit as well. Um, somebody, some wise-ass person on IMDb noticed that Bert and Heather don't wear hearing protection when they're, shoot- they're doing the shootout in the basement. They'll and they would have been deaf. They would have been if deaf. Not dead, but... If not dead, they would definitely be deaf. Correct. So. Um, and apparently apparently that wall of guns had to be re- remade multiple times because um, just from moving around different shooting locations and different sets, so they had to rebuild it like three or four times for the cont- continuity right. element would have been a bit of a challenge. But I mean, they kept blowing so it they, up. So. <laughs> they did. They did. All right. Uh, Melvin. So Melvin's, uh, Melvin's the young kid, right? Yeah, he's the annoying one. Yeah, the, the yeah. eats gummy worms. Pretty annoying. Again, um, I thought. What have I that. written on my notes here, Jason? What have I written on my notes? Uh, you literally wrote he eats gummy worms. He's annoying, and he deserved to die, but didn't. Correct. So that is my summary of this character. With did deserve to die. With a character didn't die. With a character like his, um, you know, he's set up. He's set up for oh, he will die. Like that's that's generally the yeah. trope. Or in, yeah. in order for him not to die, he'll usually have some sort of redeeming um, uh, redeeming event. So he'll you know. He'll sacrifice himself or, we, try, or save someone or nothing. Yes. He doesn't nothing. get that. Nothing. And the only thing that's, that's, um, that I enjoyed happening to him is when Bert gives him a gun after, <laughs> after him wanting one and then it doesn't have any bullets in it. I was like, well, this is the moment he gets to die. This yeah, is like fantastic. Run across like the sand field and it's like, I've got, you know, yeah. I'm afraid. It's like he gives him a weapon. He'll be fine. And then it's not yeah. loaded. It's like, well, you wouldn't have gone. So... Yeah, yeah, that's a so. that's a that's a moment for Bert because it's like, hey, clever, you know, he, he yeah. saved he saved Melvin's life, but again, mm. it wasn't anything Melvin did. 
But I mean, he's yeah. young, so I don't know. Now, Melvin has two parents, right, that are included in the 14 population, but they're the only two characters that I think you don't see. Does he actually um, have two parents? Apparently, allegedly, well, if you is he if like you're, a lone when you, guy, just <laughs> a kid. Well, he's a, he is, is he about, old enough what, to live 15, by himself. 40, no, no, I don't think so. Um, so and when I was reading on the IMD page, is like a little bit of trivia about that. It's like, yeah, it, it seems to be if you add up all the people and the number of people in the town, there are still two missing, um, and they must be his parents. But there's I guess no one else they could possibly be. Yeah. yeah. So, but you just don't see him. They must be out of town or something. Anyway, you, 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 <laughs> not, you, you learn nothing. Anyway, so yeah, my summary is he should have died. I wish he died. He didn't die. He always dies. He always, he's, when he's climbing on top of the roof and the oh, thing's so in many there. Times. So many times. Yeah. Well. I was like, come on, man. Just, just eat him. Go on. Why funny, does, why does... We know how this movie ends, how, you know, pretty much the core cast, like they also pretty much all survive. Get through. Funny it, yeah. if they just realize, like, oh shit, we forgot Melbourne's parents. Yeah, and they're just yeah. like stuck in a like a, I don't know. The house is like turned to rubble. And they're just like they left yeah. us. They left us. <laughs> Even my own son, who's a prick. Okay, um, who else we got? Nan- Nancy and Mindy. They're great. I mean, the Mindy's the one we want to talk about, really. I mean, like, well, you know, Nan- I mean, let's give Nancy. Yeah, Nancy's the mum. She's she's fine. You know, I honestly, I think she's there just to enable a young child to be there. But her car- Nancy is a nobody. <laughs> they, clearly, they clearly didn't want to involve parents of children, which yes. <laughs> we just established. So, but I guess they gave, um, yeah, they gave her a, a mother in Nancy, so Charlotte Stewart. And then, of course, Ariana Richards plays Little Mindy, a very young, yeah. very young... Teeny, a teeny Ariana tiny Lex Murphy. Yeah, so we so, know her as, as Lex Murphy. We from, know as Lex Murphy. From Jurassic Park. Um, One of the very, you can very see few it. acting credits. Yeah, she looks, even though she's so much younger, you can still see it's like, a, yeah, it, it's unique because I've never seen her in anything else really before. Um, other than Jurassic Park, and I know it so well in that. You, you knew that she was in this before watching I it, did, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was one of the, I think it was one of the things Luke said to me to try and get me to watch it. It was like, oh, the girl Licks from uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Park and I was like, all yeah. right, I'll watch it. <laughs> so she, she, I think she's a, she's a great addition to the cast because it, there's a couple of moments. Like the, one of the more tense moments is when she's bouncing on a pogo stick and the thing and the worm's traveling towards her. And it's like, and she's got her headphones in. And it's like, oh, you know, so if yeah. her character wasn't there, that, that element. And I thought that was a nice little ad, addition that was with, during all of the climax. Yeah. And it was, but, um, um, it, all the rules had been established. We were like, we know that it, it, it can hear sounds, vibrations, yeah. all that. And here we've got this pogo yeah. stick. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah, along, along the road. And she, she counters, you know, the like her, um, I guess, I don't know, entry into the into the movie is the boys pull up and they ask, one of them asks, I think Earl asks, you know, how many how many bounces are you up to? And she goes, 640, 640, and just keeps on bouncing. <laughs> I was like, that's not realistic, but okay, that's fair. Um, but a cool little character naturally there just to be in danger so it adds adds the tension oh, a little bit yeah Kids and always and, increase the threat level definitely um so yeah and i thought one of the funniest funniest things i thought in the movie by the way was um so when the graboid grabs her pogo stick like they save her grabs a pogo stick and it spits it out and it flies over and bounces around <laughs> which then sets up it's actually setting the precedent for it spitting out the dynamite later but anyway that's it um so a little, little bit clever. So Who else we got? Uh, <laughs> can't, be, can't be too surprised. Um, Walter, Miguel, Nesta. I kind of bundled these guys together. I mean, they're, I, I they're fine. Something. I remember Walter. I remember Walter Chang. Walter Chang, because he yeah. he does. He is one of, I guess, like the core cast that. Um, he comes up with the name of Graboid. Yeah, that's true. Because he's the he's like the yeah. deli owner or whatever that little yeah. kind of thing is. Um, the one place in town that sells food, I suppose. Uh, the convenience store. Yeah, um, I remember. It's also, guys, I have no memory of Miguel and Nesta. <laughs> Who are they? Uh, Miguel's the he's the the balding. Um, I guess like Mexican bloke. Um, he's oh, on the yeah, roof yeah. with them. Sure. Yep. He doesn't. He survives at the end. He doesn't really do much. Um, and Nesta's the guy that gets eaten through the uh, the big tractor tire. And Nesta is the owner of the properties, so he's the he's the one that they all work right. for. I, I feel, so, I mean, like I said, watch this one time. It was a couple of weeks, like a week and a bit ago. 
but the fact that I barely remember these two characters yeah. pretty much sums up how I feel. About it. I mean, they're, they're there. They're, they're extra, you know, cannon fodder and extra people in danger and it fills the town out 1%. Um, N- Nestor is definitely cannon fodder. Um, yeah. Definitely, because he's just useless in everything he does and then he ends up making that mistake of jumping onto a tyre as, as a refuge and the thing comes up in, in between and grabs him and kills him. Um Walter, I thought was fine. This is part of when we're talking about or when the critics were praising its diversity of cast. These are the characters that you know. It's it's showing that there it isn't just you know white white people running around a desert. Like there's actual yeah you know people from yeah. It's, it's a bit more for a, for a town of fourteen people. Pretty diverse. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, in fact, it's a it's demographic percentages are off the charts. It's amazing. Like um, I got a I got a the, the supermarket down the road and I'll I'll see. I'll grab 14 people. 80%, I reckon, will be just white people. <laughs> it's true. It is, it, it is true. So, well, well done, guys. Um, but, yeah, I like them. And, yeah, Paul Walter, I guess, is out of the three, probably he's the most prominent. And he, unfortunately, dies because his stupid fridge makes weird noises. Yeah. So, fridge and that's freezer. a, that's a tr- that, <laughs> freezer, fridge freezer, something like that. Um, but the uh, that... That's a trend that happens over the, the course of at least the first three movies is there's little supporting characters that in no way are you offended by them in any way. They shouldn't really die and then they, they, something grabs them and you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can't, so, they can't just have, you know, the, the dickhead characters be killed. You know, sometimes you need some, some nice folk to, to, to get. Yeah, some nice, nice innocent folk. To so. graboid it away. And whatnot. Yeah. There, 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 there are other other characters with this. I mean, just rattle them off, but they don't really need to go into them. But you have the doctor couple; they get eaten out, and yeah, out like in the middle of nowhere. The so, car gets sucked yeah. into the ground. Yep, um, which is so crazy. I mean, in fact, that that scene they actually filmed that with the doctor's wife climbing through the windscreen um, and then getting eaten that way. But um, well, that was the idea, but it just wasn't working out with, with the special effects. It just didn't quite work. So they instead abandoned that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you also got, yeah, the farmer, Edgar, I think it is, or Edgar might be the one that climbs the, the power pole. I think Edgar, way. yeah, Edgar's <laughs> that guy. Yeah. And then there's two road workers. So there's other people and they all get I, eaten. I mean, the, it, very hungry worms, these on things. On paper, it sounds like there's quite a lot of death in this movie, but you know what? I kind of, a lot of that happens early on and then you only get a kind of like a couple, you know, whilst mm. everything's really happening, you know, the last third of the movie or second half even. I kind of yeah. would have wouldn't have minded if a few more of the town folk sort of got taken out, perished. Like I was kind of, I guess I that kind of, kind of that kind of it was unexpected because usually you would expect you know it'd just be like Kevin Bacon mm. and you know the the female lead and then maybe the the kids or Ariana Richards you know the yeah. three of them at the end or something. Um, so I'm pleasantly surprised to to see that. And some that people different. It was like oh you know it actually managed to to save. Right. Majority Almost of everybody, time. pretty yeah. much, yeah. Except yeah. So, Melvin's parents, uh, <laughs> except Melvin's parents, who we've, we've abandoned them and never talked to them, talk about them again. Melvin, actually, the um, actor for Melvin, who was he again? Um, Melvin was uh, Bobby. Well, he's credited as Bobby Jacoby, but he's he's got a different name now. Um, but uh, he actually appears in either the third or the fourth. He comes back. Right, I think. Oh, I think it's the fourth. Um, comes back in one of the newer ones. I don't know if it's yeah. the sixth one or well, the fifth one or something. I think it's the one Back to Perfection. Where it went? What's that one? Um, uh, that's a no, no, Back to Perfection is number three. No, the blood, bloodlines. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, they do have a couple of the people who must still be living in that shitty town. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, that there's still people living out there. I thought people would have abandoned it, but anyway. Um, let's talk. Let's talk the graboids themselves quickly. We we like practical effects. We do. We're practical we effects fans. No, we. And yeah. this movie is all about the practical effects, the graboids. Um, in fact, there's only, from what I could see, there's only really one moment where they use some kind of CG effect, um, and that was the as the graboids traveling through the ground and the fence posts are falling down. There's a bit of CG smoke or dust. Oh, okay. Um, and you can tell you can tell it is. But other than that, everything seems to be pretty practical. Um, I didn't really notice the I didn't really notice the smoke sort of effect. But I think if, if yeah. they use CGI, that seems like a good place to to use it. Yeah. Uh, I guess we, this was early days anyway. Of, of yeah, nineties CG. So yeah, not really. Before, it's not really it. I've seen old school, you know, 
let's call them like monster flicks before and you know mm. around about this time even even a little bit later and they don't look they don't look great this movie seems to have pulled it off and i don't know what yeah. the quality's like for the, the movies going forward and i don't know if they if they rely on cgi going forward and stuff like that but somehow the practical yeah. effects used would like i felt like the like they were really there they were like mm. breathing creatures with no eyes um yeah, I mean, and the, the monsters were there. Yeah, and they, you know, the design of them, so they're big, giant, big worms. They've got a giant beak and then three weird snake tongue things that come out that grab you and drag you in. So very, all of those, like, tongue... Very like the... Uh, like the <laughs> yeah, isn't it? The isn't grabbing thing um, of the graboid. There you go. Um, and the... Uh, but those, like, the three, the tongue snake things, like, they're, like, incredibly articulate. Like, they move independently. They slither like a snake. All of that would have been anim- animatronic sort and all practical stuff and it looks pretty cool um one thing that we mentioned at the top that you know the graboids themselves are blind but they've got incredibly sensitive hearing and so the way that they hunt everybody is through sound hence um you know mindy's pogo stick and everything but that's what the climax of the movie is really what it's about is distracting them or scaring them away with sound or loud explosions to get to the next place or to get to the next space and yeah, i think it's just a nice little cl- clever way of doing it like, having to move around they seem- like, essentially the movie is like um it's like the ground is lava pretty much you can't touch the floor. yes you can't touch yes. the ground it's, it's the pogo stick yes. scene um, in I fact to- i said i said that i said that you know with to, to the wife as we were watching it i was like there's that, that one scene um where they're trying to climb to the roof and they're climbing through the um the, the grocery shop and it's like it's just like a game of game of floor is lava, you yeah. know. The ground is lava. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's pretty much the the, whole, the entire dynamic of the movie is is one big giant game of lava. Um, the, the graboids themselves. So it was um, amalgamated dynamics. So the um, the company that did all the practical effects. So um, and they did Starship Troopers um, and one one Oscar for it. But they've also done a whole bunch. They did. All the alien movies from number three onwards, including Alien Predator, Best Predator, all that stuff, um, and Spider Man one, two, and three, all the Tobey Maguire Spider Mans, they, they've done that plus a whole bunch. So, Amalgamated Dynamics are actually quite a prominent special effects company. Um, now, I mean, there's a couple of little details about the Graboids themselves. Little bit of trivia. Apparently, they were meant to have like a second skin, and when they came out of the ground, the second skin would come out. But everybody was laughing when they were designing it and building it, and it looked, it looked like too phallic. Thing. And so, yeah, yeah so they, they very much just abandoned it um, and went to just like that thick skin thing. And there, the full scale graboid that they exhume um, was actually lightweight foam, but then they buried it and left it for a little while, and then they exhumed it again to make it look like it was a dirty, dusty worm basically Whoa. so yeah um we could we kind of at the top touched a, a little bit on how there's a life cycle of the graboids i mean i don't know if we go into too much detail but basically a graboid worm at some point like when you find this out in the second movie the shriekers come burst out of it and then it dies so that's the first right. part of the life so they're cycle. essentially sort of like a cocoon type uh yeah basically yeah and then the shriekers themselves the more they eat they reproduce asexually so they basically spew out another version of themselves they clone themselves Disgusting. so and so part of the premise of that movie is about they get access to like the feed sheds and stuff and then they start replicating and replicating and then they have to kill them and then the arse blasters which is the third element um i, th- I can't quite remember how they come about but i think they through their like ass, a, that's how they come about no 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 i think i think <laughs> i think after one or two births like the clones turn into them um and then after that they they yeah and then they lay an egg well they like metamorphosize i guess um and then they lay an egg and that turns into a worm so basically that's the cycle and that's all paved out in all these bloody movies (laughs) it is just it's just insects so but yeah you only see the graboid worms in this first one and they get a bit more creative along along the way let's talk about how let's talk about the i guess like the tone of this movie um we've seen b-grade horror monster flicks before would you say this movie kind of falls into that yes sorry <laughs> soundly soundly but do you um, know what good yeah. effort. they put a good effort in and <laughs> i think so of, it breaks i think it kind of breaks the um the mold of of the brigade just slightly mm. it comes up just above well i think so i think i mean if you think cinematography of this movie because they filmed it down in um 
in California. Um, and, that's, you know, you've got that beautiful vista everywhere. Like all of the shots are all done outside and you can see the whole backdrop with snow-capped mountains and stuff. And I'm looking, and you, as soon as you see that, well, as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, okay, this is kind of upping the level just a little bit, you know, like most B-grade horror would be like indoors or kind of really restricted studio locations, whereas this is, they've actually gone out there and built a town and really kind of upped the ante a little bit. So the quality of it is more than, you know, B-grade, I think. <laughs> you say built a town, like, like the four buildings. That four, <laughs> yeah, but they literally did. They've just built it in the middle of the desert. So all of those are sets, even though there's only two indoor um, scenes, but the rest is all outdoors. But they, I mean, we said at the top that um, some of the critics were saying that it's an affection throwback to a 1950s creature feature. I would expand on that and say that it was like those creature features back then were more like humanoid things that would stalk and that kind of stuff. Whereas this is its own, it's just its own little brand, you know. Mm. It's a, a completely original monster concept. Like, like what Alien did, it's just a completely weird out of you know, out of the box concept, and I think for that reason is why it's got legs and why it's got such a legacy. Is it's just so unique, it's so different. I guess that's what people you know grabbed onto it, <laughs> as because they, nah. they they created their own creature. You know, it wasn't mm. like oh, here's the creature from the Black Lagoon, or here's you know like a werewolf yeah. or dinosaurs or a shark yeah. or something like that. They went, let's create something new, and I yeah. think that's yeah. kind of. Uh, yeah, gave it something extra to, to stand on. Um, it did originally have an R rating. They 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 originally had twenty uses of the F word throughout, but they yes they dubbed over them. They've redubbed them. Yeah, yeah. Just to bring the just rating to down. yeah bring the rating down, make it a more family friendly movie. There is, in fact, I can only remember one F bomb being dropped um, that Kevin Bacon says, and I think the rest. So. Yeah, these, get away one of the lines. Right? We, yeah, we kept, yeah, yeah, I think you can. Um, we killed that mother humper is one of the re, redubbed ones, and that one stood out to me as that character would not say that. Like, and, and so that was one of the only moments in the movie where I was kind of like, "Whoa, they definitely made a choice." I don't there. know. The, the characters are, you know, somewhat kind of goofy. So I feel like saying something like "mother humper is, hmm. I don't know. It kind of it it worked for me. It seemed to yeah. work in place. <laughs> Gotta yeah. fly, you sucker. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but you can see if you, yeah, knowing that little tidbit, you can see that, yeah, probably, you know, the F-bombs left, right and centre probably could have been in there quite easily. Yeah, um, so. Movies also not too gory as well. Like, you know, like there's a monster, there's people dying, but, you know, there's not there's not limbs and blood and gore all over the place. There's no. It's not, not too... But there is one, that one scene, though, where they um, feed it um, dynamite and it blows up and it kind of pans down and you see a body in the ground and I just think oh, that yeah. looks so brilliant. But it's, again, it's, uh, you know, monster, monster gore, not, yeah. not human gore, so there's not human limbs. Stuff all over. Yeah, <laughs> for, for the most part, although you do see that dismembered head, <laughs> which is not, interesting. It is kind of, you know, it's goofy. There's, um, we'll get to the music in just a sec, but even the music yeah. plays into the, um, just creating this tone of sort of, um, the movie being a little bit comedic, you know, the opening the yeah. opening scene, like it, it's like, what are, what are we watching? Like Beverly Hillbillies or something like that. You know, yeah. like it's very That's matches the sort of the setting and then the characters that you start to meet. And like, yeah, you know, like the two guys, I mean, like I said, you know, the, the, the first third of this movie is these two guys just trying to leave town, but they just can't. It's like, it's, kind of, yeah. it's like almost slapstick. It's just like get in the car, mm. drive, ah, oh, stop, something's happened. Damn it. Now we got to go back. Yeah. It's a, yeah. like it's pretty goofy, but I like it. Yeah. What do you reckon about the horror element of it? Because it is branded as a a um a horror comedy. I didn't find it super scary, and I never no. really had. And you're not but a it's you're not a it's big interesting. Guy, so no, I'm not a big horror like this. It means mm. yeah, it definitely isn't scary. <laughs> no, but yeah. it's not. I was more. I was I was pretty engrossed in the in the tension and like there are a mm. lot of scenes where I was like they can't get out of this. I don't know, which is surprising mm. for me because usually it's like ah, oh, you know what they're gonna do. You know what's sort of coming next. But plenty of plenty of beats throughout this movie. I was like, what are they doing next? What's happening? Like, how mm. are they gonna get out of this? You know, like mm. like if the movie cuts black and then just ended i would have been like oh my god what happens next do they make yeah. it out? like what do they do like um, i didn't yeah. know um so it was i enjoyed the the tension so, so it keeps the tension going yeah yeah, yeah. but at not yeah. any point was i like this is scary mm. and spooky i was yeah. like cool and I, fun and yeah there's a monster and they're all gonna die in, yeah in fact some some of the criticism was about that it was like it was saying well we're not sure if like a movie can't make its mind up whether or not it is a comedy or if it is a horror and even if it is 
a comedy. It's not that funny. It's funny, but it's not that great. And if it is a horror, it's not that scary. It's just kind of tense. Yeah. So, and I can see that, but I can also like go, well, they're just trying to kind of, to me, like they're just trying to keep it a low enough bar that it's relatable, you know, it's accessible mm. for everybody. Like, so, um, but yeah, I like it. I thought it was a good mix. And, and like you said, the start of the movie, the pace and the tone of it, you know, it's, it does feel a bit like, yeah, a bit slapsticky, funny, goofy thing going on. And then it gets a little bit more serious as things progress. But I think it's just a nice little blend in the pacing that works really well too. But that's just, that's my opinion. Yeah, what do, what do you reckon me. about the, Sorry. that's just me. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, if, if Roger Ebert's got positive things to say, I'm going to have positive things to say too. Um, what do you reckon about the score? So what do you yeah, think? I mean, yeah, so you touched just... on the like goofiness. So I thought, like, I love it. So the opening of it, like, it's a lot of harmon- harmonica stuff going on. It's very, like, definitely regional American, like, tone in the music, mm. I thought. Um, but we've got an interesting little bit of tidbit. So the original score by Ernst uh, Toost, it basically wasn't really used because the studio thought it was too goofy. So what we did here was actually the composer Robert Folk was brought in to write the rest of the score, but he actually goes uncredited for the, the whole thing. But he was the one to break up the lightness a little bit. Well, but yeah, what, so you get the those more dramatic go- yeah. music. Yeah. It's interesting that um, that's how it's all played out and that, yeah, that folk actually goes uncredited even if his majority of the score is his. That's pretty um, nice. <laughs> it is. I don't know how that happens. But, but um, yeah, Ernst Toos, if you're looking at that, those you know, that kind of uh, bit of trivia that we just said there, there are definitely goofy elements to this and mm. you can definitely pinpoint a couple of times in the but movie where it, the score is super fun. As much as I like the, like the, the goofy part of the score, you know, like you know, sort of when they're just sort of hanging around town and not much is sort of happening and they're just, yeah. the characters are just talking and stuff like that. Like that, that works because it's mm. like, it's fun. It's sort of, and then that sort of uh, it gives a good contrast to when things are sort of hitting the fan and things are getting crazy. But um, yeah. I wouldn't want that kind of tone throughout the more tense scenes because I feel like that would take it away. Like if it was like goofy music whilst Ariana Riches was on a pogo stick and, um, yeah, it was like, oh my god, <laughs> shit's going down. Boinga, boinga, boinga. It wouldn't yeah. work. It would just look, mm. it'd just be silly. Or yeah. if it was just goofy yeah. music, um, whilst they were, you know, pole vaulting mm. across the rocks, it would become yeah. a very comical scene. Even though there's humorous elements to it, and that's like, it was mm. surreal. Like, what are they doing? They still, add, yeah, yeah, like, um, it's still dramatic enough to be like, this is serious. <laughs> this is serious stuff. Yeah. So you take that. You yeah. take the serious stuff out. It wouldn't. It wouldn't work as much. It would. I definitely agree. So, so they made the right. They made the right call, but the studio probably should have bloody uh, credited folk with a, a little bit more. But anyway, um, all right. Uh, that pretty much, it, I guess, covers the bulk of the movie. Um, let's do our our quiz. Uh, a little quiz break. Absolutely. So what we do normally is ten questions, sixty seconds, and it's Rob's turn to um, quiz me. And I guess everybody, including Rob, even though he's already written the questions, uh, one one watch and it was a week. (laughs) One watch. (laughs) Now I'm just going to jiggle things around on my screen so I can see your reaction as I ask you this question. (laughs) So I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to rock and roll on my end. Jace, how are you looking? Yeah, not too bad. I got a nice little timer there. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yep. Go. Question one. How, what's the population of the town of Perfection? 14. Yes. How many tongues does the Graboid have? Snake tongues. Gotta say two. Wrong. Uh, how many bounces does Mindy do on her pogo at the start? Isn't 640? Yes, yes. Uh, how, how, many to- how many items on Val's relationship list? Five. Yes, it is. Good work. Hey, um, how much do they sell the dead tongue snake for? Oh, uh, forty bucks or something. Forty dollars? No, 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 no. What building does Rhonda climb onto to escape? Uh, oh, it's like a water tank thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. How many graboids are in, in total? Three. Any other? Nope. Um, what do they name the graboid that rips the snake tongue? That they rip the, the tongue off? Oh, pass. No idea. Okay. Um, what did Edgar die from? A dehydration. That's... Yes, it is. And that's it. There it is. Oh, we got through nine. Um, my tenth question was, where do they store their beer um, at the rubbish dump? You know when they're, they're burying all the rubbish? They've got beers there. Oh. Where do they store them? 
I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. In a, to- in a toilet seat. They sit in down a toilet and seat. years out of a toilet seat. Yeah. Right. Um, but we'll go back through some of these other ones. So um, how many tongues does the Graboid have? It's got three, like the tongue things that come out. Um, you've got Mindy's Pogo stick. She had 640. I purposefully mentioned these in my notes, by the way, so you'd have at least a, a small chance. I do appreciate that. <laughs> um, how, many, how many items of Val's relationship list? There's five. You got that right. How much do they sell the dead tongues, like tongue snake thing for? 15 bucks. They sell it to Chang. I, know, I knew it was 15 bucks. really small. Yeah. Um, uh, Rhonda Clyde's on a water tower. You got that correct. Um, how many graboids? There's four in total, four big worms buzzing about the place. Um, and they nicknamed the graboid that they ripped the tongue from um, called Stumpy. And the rest you got. Um, oh, yeah. So I think you got one, two, three, four, five. You got five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Right on. There you go. Bad. It's no. not bad. Okay. Not too cool. bad at all. With that all done, uh, let's give our rating uh, before we get out. Absolutely. Would you like to go first? I'd love to go first, Jason. I thank you very much for asking me. Um, I will just have to say there's a little bit of as with most of these movies, for the ones that I actually have seen, because I haven't seen most of the movies that we review, but um, the ones I do have a little bit of nostalgia, you know, tied in with this. I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. I mean, if you're looking at through the lens of today, like the effects and stuff still kind of stand up. The characters and the, the relationships, they're kind of, you can't really critique them. And they're not, they're not super in-depth. They are what they are. They're not, it's nothing special. I really do like the practical effects that, are in the movie, like we said, the Graboids. But one of my favourite scenes is the climbing, like the climbing through the, the, the store thing. Like I said, like the floor is lava. But that entire thing, you've got the floor ripping up, the shelves falling down, the building like collapsing bit by bit as the Graboids are trying to under, undermine it all. And all of that's practical. And they're all on sets that are kind of collapsing on themselves. And I just kind of think it's really cool. I like it. It would have been fun to, uh, to pull off. So um, there's plenty of things to like about it. It's not. I mean, it's just a, it's just a movie, really, isn't it? I think it's a movie that the there's a very developed fan base, and I guess it's either you either like it or you're just like not interested. For me, this is a, it's a solid, solid three out of five, maybe three and a half, I'd say, three and a half. That's oh, me. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll yep. keep this short and sweet because I think you, you pretty much nailed it all. Um, I agree with all of that. This is pretty much a fun. A uh, fun little flick. Um, it's it's got me to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna seek out and watch the rest of them. So I'm yeah. on board. I'm on board with nice. the tremors. Um, I had all this stuff to say now. I've got nothing. So yeah, definitely short and sweet. Um, it is fun. I had a good time. <laughs> I just enjoyed. It's a fun little monster flick. The characters are, are what you know. They're fine. They're just fun characters. There's nothing much. To it. This isn't anything too profound. It's just a nice little fun action adventure monster mm-hmm. movie um with some laughs along the way and who can complain about that um i'm going to come in 3.5 out of 5 as well nice excellent so right. i highly recommend at least watching the second one at least oh, if you're going to watch anymore i'll get them done at least the trilogy right the original trilogy well, it's not it's not like we don't have much else to do well, <laughs> on our week on our weekends <laughs> All Very right. good. Uh, some of us are still at work. I'm just going to say. That. <laughs> well, I think we we both we both are, aren't we? Yeah, so. that's true. Um, <laughs> so that was our rewind to 1990 trimmers. Absolutely. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind request, can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstudiopodcast at gmail.com. or you can reach out to us on either that film studio or rewind and reviews uh, Facebook pages. Like and follow these pages whilst you're at it. Yep. Subscribe uh, and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes on the That Film Studio website. Uh, check it out, thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. Coming soon from That Film Studio uh, is a review of Coffee and Kareem um, when that gets to Netflix and onward when that gets to Disney+. Plus. Uh, Sounds Like Comics have a recent episode looking at Watchmen the HBO TV series, and our new episode uh, coming up on Rewind and Review, we're going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the modern classic, um, Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Whoa, should be entertaining. 
Yes, absolutely. You're a legend. Um, Thank you for listening. This has been another Rewind and Review. See you on our next trip. See you later and stay safe, everybody. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes on that FilmSview website. First goof, I reckon. (laughs) Yeah.